Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. Join in at 508-996-0500 or send us an app chat message via the WBSM app. The app brought to us by our friends at South Coast Towing. Now, today, I know it's not President's Day anymore, but we had some interesting articles at WBSM.com and on the app that I want you to check out for President's Day and actually... We have a new article today as well, but Phil had a great piece about New Bedford's representation in the Washington Monument. So if you haven't checked that out, we not only have the information for you, Phil wrote a great story all about it, but we also have a photo of the brick for you because I'm going to assume some of you probably don't want to climb them, go to the top of the Washington Monument and then climb down the stairs to get to the 170 foot level to find this and see it with your own eyes. Uh, I've been to the Washington Monument, and I thought it was... And I'm afraid of heights. I mean, I'm not afraid to admit that. I've been to the Washington Monument, and I went to the top, and I'm glad that I did. And I, I wasn't really freaked out by the height up there. I think the I, I think the anticipation of heights freaks me out more than the actual heights. So I don't... You know, I don't get too worked up about it anymore. When I was a kid, I would freak myself out more. Now, I, I actually think I'm probably not afraid of heights anymore. I just, I'm so used to it from when I was younger. And I think it traces back to a horrible experience I had on the octopus ride at Gaslight Village in New York. But that's a whole other story. But when you get up there and you have that expansive view of Washington, D.C., you realize it's a pretty special Monument, And it's a pretty special meaning behind it. And to know that New Bedford is represented in that. Now, granted, it was, you know, a fundraising effort. It was essentially, it was the equivalent of the brick in the walkway fundraiser that you see today. Where uh, if they're building a new walkway or a new stone patio area, stone, stone, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a place where people can gather outside, they'll they'll usually have people purchase a brick. And if you want to have something 
engraved on it, they'll do that. And this was kind of the same idea. They were selling these bricks to build the Washington Monument as a fundraising effort to be able to build it. But paid for or not, it's still pretty cool that New Bedford is mentioned in there. Uh, uh, there's not a lot of municipalities in, in Massachusetts that are represented in there from what I could see in the online gallery. I think I saw Salem, Chicopee, maybe a couple of others. But having New Bedford be engraved in the Washington Monument is still a pretty cool thing. And you can read Phil's article all about that at WBSM.com and on the app. And uh, Barry has an article about Jimmy Carter's visit to New Bedford when he was campaigning for president the first time, when he was running to be elected. And, and he was a unknown first-term governor from Georgia. Everybody's like, who is this guy? He came to New Bedford to campaign. And Barry has a, a great piece about that, including a nice little twist at the end. I'm not going to ruin it for you, but a nice little extra New Bedford connection at the end that you can read. And I'm sorry that, you know, we have a subscription to Getty Images, and that allows us to put some archival and, and news photos in our stories. But we're limited to what is in our subscription. And if you look up Jimmy Carter in Getty Images, there's a lot of photos that are in our subscription. What's not in our subscription? The two photos they have on there of Jimmy Carter in New Bedford with our own Jim Phillips standing next to the future president. It would have cost something like $500 for each photo to be able to license them for the story. So we couldn't put them in the story. But just know that if you search, if you do a Google search of Jimmy Carter in New Bedford, you will pop up, uh, you will see photos pop up for you featuring the campaigning governor of Georgia and a young Jim Phillips. That is why we refer to Jim Phillips as legendary newsman. Jim Phillips, as much as he gets mad every time I say that. He says, Tim, will you knock it off with that legendary newsman stuff? But I still say it every single time. So you can read that as well. And then I have an article that I came across this a couple of weeks ago. Actually, as, as usual, when it's something interesting and unique and weird, Kristen found it. And it is, we were talking about an old website from the early 2000s that you may remember, if you're of a certain age, called South Coast 24-7. And it, it was southcoast247.com. It was launched by South Coast Media Group, so it was part of the Standard Times. And it was launched as a way to have uh, a younger demographic. South Coast Media Group realized that people 18 to 35 weren't reading newspapers as much. They were getting all their information digitally, even in 2003. When this started, they realized that that's, that was the future, especially for that generation, my generation. That we were looking for things online as opposed to buying a newspaper and saying, okay, let's see what movies are playing or what bands are playing at what place. So they got together a group of young writers, editors, photographers, and they put out a website that handled everything, arts and culture, you know, music, movies, the live music scene, astrology, advice columns, dating columns, everything that people in that age bracket would be looking for. And they did a really, really good job of it. 
It was a great site. I went to it every day. Even though I wasn't in the nightlife scene and going out to all those places, it was cool because they always had MP3s you could download of the different local bands. So you'd be able to hear their music even if you didn't go out to their shows. And it was, it, it lasted, I think, until 2008 or nine. But it, 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 it should have lasted longer. It should have been something that's still going today. But I think that the problem was is the newspaper business waned. They probably saw this as an extravagance more than a necessity. But if you look at the future success of some of these other websites that have popped up that do the same thing, if they had hung around, they could have been, you know, the granddaddy of those. And sometime during this year, because it is the 20th anniversary of SouthCoast247.com, I want to get together of some of the writers and editors and photographers and people who worked on the site and bring them together for an episode of this show where we look back at that. We look back at the history of that site, how it came together. We can still, you know, some of the, the Standard Times folks who were probably involved in getting this launched are still around. I mean, still around like they haven't retired and moved to Florida. So we can we can talk about that with them and get, and get kind of an oral history of South Coast 24-7. But meanwhile, we were looking it up on the, because I'm trying to show Kristen, she was not familiar with it. She had gone to college outside the area. So at that time, she probably wasn't, you know, here when it was launching. And by the time she came back, it you know, it really waned earlier than it actually went offline. For a while, it was just kind of a place where they were putting stories that they thought would fit. So I was telling her about it, and she had never heard of it, so I went to the Internet Wayback Machine to find some examples of it. Because the, if you're not familiar with the Internet Wayback Machine, I recommend going and spending some time on it, but you will fall down a rabbit hole. What it does is it takes screenshots of and more than just screenshots because some of the links are still active as long as the links are active on wherever the site is hosted they'll work on the internet wayback machine and it's it's at archive.org by the way if you click on that there's a button at the top for the wayback machine and then you can type in any website and go back and see what it looked like over time so if you want to go to a web and i think it started in the late 90s so you can go all the way back so i've gone back and i've seen previous versions of WBSM.com and Fun107.com. And in fact, that's how I've gone back and gotten some previous logos for the stations. For like throwback weekends and things like that, I've gone back and found all of those. I actually pitched one time that we should we should throw back the website for a throwback weekend on Fun107, a back-in-the-day weekend. I was like, we should, we should make the 2002 website, our website for the weekend. And everybody said, no, no, no. No, 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 don't bring that back ever. <laughs> because websites have changed so much over time, and, and, and it really does look way different. But the South Coast 24-7 site, they had a lot of um, instances of where they had captured that, that site. So you can actually go in and click on some of the articles, some of the, the, the MP3s for some of the bands still work. So if you want to hear a Wilhelm scream or... Some of these other bands that were around at that time, you can you can go and click on those links and actually still download that music. But the thing that caught our attention was they had their you know random photo section, 
And they had a photo that upon further review, you know, I looked at it at first when Kristen sent it to me and I was like, this is, this is just a goofy photo. But when I looked at it and I read the caption, I realized something. This photo that was published in 2006, put on South Coast 24-7 in 2006, predicted the 2020 election. And normally I could be teasy about this and say, you know, go to WBSM.com and go to the app to be able to read more information about it and to see the photo for yourself. But I'm, I'm going to tell you what's in there. There's a photo of two young men. And they are wearing aviator glasses. And underneath it, it says, in the year 2020, all will have to wear aviators to protect themselves against Republicans. And if you think about it, and obviously this, this was written tongue-in-cheek, but if you think about it, in the year 2020, Joe Biden and his aviator sunglasses came in and defeated a Republican president. Now, do I think it's a real prediction? No, I'm just having some fun here. But I just thought it was a funny coincidence, no matter what. And so I talked to Jamie Silva, who is the former editor of South Coast 24-7, and she told me the whole backstory behind that photo. It's actually her cousin and her friend. And they had to come up with a costume. They were supposed to go to a party. And the theme of the party was in the year 2020. But they, they hadn't put together any kind of costume. They kind of forgot. So they just grabbed some aviator sunglasses and took this photo. And, like, this was their, this was their theme. This was what they were going for for... The in the year 2020 party. And then she just took the photo and put it under their dumb photos section and probably forgot about it. Probably never thought about it again for 17 years until some dope she might have remembered as being in the newsroom sometimes covering sports at night and saying, I really want to work for you guys at South Coast 24-7. Let me do movie reviews. Let me do TV reviews. Let me do music reviews. I was doing music reviews for the Standard Times. It was not fun. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm sure if she recognizes my name, it's from the annoying emails I probably used to send. Actually, we, I remember we worked together on a story about the paranormal before. So she gets this message from me saying, hey, <laughs> I got to ask you about this photo. And it really was just one of those silly things that just turned out as, you know, coincidentally, to line up, but it's a fun story and it gives you a chance to, there's a link in there to check out some of the old South Coast 24-7 pages and uh, as I mentioned, we will definitely have an episode sometime this year where we look back on that site and and the impact that it had on starting um, what was a whole genre of website that at the time didn't really exist 508-996-0500 Good morning, you're on WBSM Good morning you're talking about my whole family. <laughs> I am. Jamie, Jamie Silva's my niece. That's my sister's uh, daughter. Oh. And Wilhelm Scream, Trevor Riley's my nephew. My brother's son. Um, let me see. And do you know Rick Riley? Yes. He works. He, that's my other nephew, my brother's son. Oh, yeah. They were really involved with that. Um, Jamie was really involved with that 24th, the South Coast there. Yeah. yeah, she was. The, and so it's funny because 
uh, before I found before we found this photo, I had talked to her dad for a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm working on a story about the uh, Fairhaven, you know, the alms house, the the poor house, the poor farm yeah. here, and I'm I'm I was, spoke to him about it with his you know historical knowledge, and mm-hmm. then next thing we know, this story comes up, and I was like, and I was talking with him about he's like you know he used to work with my daughter, and mm-hmm. just like a couple days later, we find this photo, and I'm like, well, now this is just really getting eerie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, she lives in Hawaii now. Yeah. She's married and she got a little girl, a wonderful husband, and the little girl is half Hawaiian. You know, she's beautiful. She's yeah, a cutie. But that's why that's why it's going to take some uh, some doing to figure out how to have them on the show to talk about it because she's in Hawaii now. So there's a big yeah, time she, difference. She comes up every year and visits. Well, maybe I can catch her when she's here. Well, I'll I'll, I'll let her know. Yeah, I'll, I'll write. I'll, I'll text her. Yeah, we became and, Facebook uh, friends, so we've been messaging. Uh, oh, back good. and forth, yeah. She, she, she really like. She really gave me some good stuff for the story. Uh, some good yeah. quotes. So, well, her house is a house that was haunted in Fairhaven. Really, my sister's house. Yeah, remember I was telling you. Yeah. that? I don't know if you remember. She might have. Yeah. She might have mentioned that to me. I know that when she, we we talked. I remember when we talked about writing something about the paranormal. I think I told her to go to the Millicent Library. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if she if she went there. I can't remember or not. I suppose I could go on the Wayback Machine and see if I could find the article. But it was, you know, at that time, it was hard to get anybody to take those those kind of articles seriously. But but yeah. she was all in on trying to do a, a serious article about it. Oh, yeah. She's working out. I mean, she's going to school out there now, too, for um, different kinds of art. She's doing really good. Well, I'm I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that there are so many local connections there, and, and I'm glad that you were yeah. able to kind of help us bridge that gap. So if I need anybody, I'm going to reach out to you and say, "Hey, okay. can you help me find this person?" Yeah, my name's Colleen. Yeah, you can go. <laughs> no problem. All I right. listen every morning anyway. All right. Well, and now I know right. your name. I uh, we've been talking for over a year now, and I don't even know your I, name, so now I do. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm Tim, by the way, in case you hadn't picked okay, up on Tim. that. Okay, Tim. I knew your name was Tim. All right. Just in case you hadn't <laughs> picked right. up on it yet. <laughs> Have a good All day. All righty. All right, thanks. Bye-bye now. 508-996-0500. See, we can have some fun here on the program. And speaking of fun, I'm going to take a break here. When we come back on the other side, what do we talk about all the time here on this program? Sandwiches, right? I've got a new sandwich for you to try. It's going to take a little effort on your part. You're going to have to do some of the work yourself. Maybe, just maybe, if uh, if it takes off like the Franchizina sandwich did, maybe a restaurant will put it on the menu. Uh, I can tell you, that, you know, the Franchisino was an occasional special at some places. There were a few places that had it on the menu, as we've discovered uh, in the time since I wrote the article. But for a lot of the restaurants that did it, it was a special. And now I'm hearing so many of them are putting it on the regular menu, or they're running it as a special more often, or in some cases, they're coming up with a whole bunch of different Franchisino sandwiches. So if that article made the Franchisino a thing here on the South Coast, maybe this sandwich can take off as well and it won't require you to have to do the work because it's 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 easy for the restaurant to make it if they have the right ingredients might be a little bit harder for you to make it at home we'll talk about it when we come back after a quick break stay tuned after the big gun Sandwiches are beautiful, sandwiches are fine. I like sandwiches, I eat them all the time. I eat them for myself and I eat them for my lunch. If I had a hundred sandwiches, I'd eat them all at once. Sing that chorus again with me, ready? Sandwiches are beautiful, sandwiches are fine. I like sandwiches, I eat them all the time. I eat them for myself and I eat them for my lunch. If I had a hundred sandwiches, I'd eat them all at once. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I don't think we get to play enough Fred Penner here on this show. Oh my gosh, I used to, I couldn't stand Fred Penner when I was a kid. I was of the age where I was just a little too old for Fred Penner, but his show came out on Nickelodeon when my siblings were all at the right age, and it was on every day at my house, and I couldn't stand Fred Penner. I thought that he was such a dork, but I was a big Bill Harley guy, which if you're not familiar, Bill Harley is a, I believe, Grammy-winning children's singer-songwriter from Seekonk. And uh, he, I know he played the New Bedford Folk Festival a few years ago, and he performs locally all the time. Uh, during the pandemic, he was doing live lunchtime concerts every day. And I tuned in and watched because I wanted to hear him play some of the classics I remembered from when I was a kid. But Bill Harley, you know, I don't, I don't, don't, don't come at me with your Fred Penners. Don't come at me with your Raffies. Uh, don't come at me with your Sharon Lois and Bram. Any of these, uh, they all pale in comparison to Bill Harley. Bill Harley songs were funny, very funny. His storytelling was second to none. So I would say don't sleep on Bill Harley. If you've never heard, if you're an adult, don't worry about it because it's still going to be funny to you. Anyway. I play that song, Sandwiches, because we talk about sandwiches quite a bit, and I have a new sandwich for you to try. And if you want to find out more about it or if you need the ingredients, if you don't hear, catch everything as we're discussing it, WBSM.com and on the app. I have the article there. We, we mentioned it briefly back when I did the – I've written a couple of stories about chow mein sandwiches and chop suey sandwiches. Everybody around here knows about the chow mein sandwich. It's very popular. Fall River gets all the credit for it. But you can find it on the menu of any Chinese restaurant in the area. And even some non-Chinese restaurants. A few around here knew about the chop suey sandwich, but in the on the North Shore boss, and especially in Salem, that's what they make there. They make a chop suey sandwich. A few of the restaurants around here will offer those, and one of them, locally, Wame in Fairhaven, offers a offers each one. You can get either one, or you can get a combination chow mein chop suey, which is what I get. And thanks to you listeners, I, I douse it with uh, white vinegar. And by the way, as we're discussing this, I will remind you a couple of times that at SeizeTheDeal.com, we have your chance for a gift certificate to Wame, and there's still some left. But they are going pretty quickly. So if you're going to get one, you probably want to get one soon. But we have $25 to Wame for just $12.50. And that's, that's going to get you a lot over there. But it's certainly going to get you a lot if you're trying to get a chow mein sandwich, a chop suey sandwich. The combo sandwich is under 6 bucks, And I promise you it'll fill you up for lunch. But I was recalling when we, when we were talking about these... Because I went last week and I had a, a, a combo sandwich while I was doing my laundry. And I remembered that we had talked about this other Chinese sandwich that I had been meaning to try and never did. So yesterday, I gave it a whirl. It's called the St. Paul. And if you've never heard about the St. Paul, it'll sound, I think, a little bit familiar once you think about it. What you do is you get yourself some bread. Traditionally, they use white bread. So you get some white bread, you slather on some mayonnaise, 
You put on a good bunch of lettuce, a couple of thinly sliced white onion slices. You can put some thin sliced tomato on there if you want to. Some dill pickle chips. And then you take an egg foo young patty without the gravy, just the Chinese omelet itself. And you put it on the bread, close it all up, and eat it as a sandwich. And some of you out there are thinking to yourself, oh, that sounds so gross. Chop suey on a, uh, uh, sorry, egg foo young on, on, on a sandwich? That doesn't sound good at all. But when you think about it, you've probably eaten it a hundred times in your life. You've just called it a Western sandwich. And some of the origins of the St. Paul sandwich are a little bit cloudy. One of the stories is that it was created by a man in the 1940s, a, a man of Chinese descent, who wanted, you know, he was serving, he had a Chinese restaurant, I guess, as the story goes. And he found that operating out in the Midwest, in the St. Paul area, St. Paul, Minnesota, he was not getting people coming into his restaurant because Midwesterners didn't understand foreign cuisine. So he came up with this sandwich as a way to take one of his staple items and make it more palatable for Midwesterners to eat. I think it's a nice story, but I don't know if I believe. I believe more of the other origin story, which was that around the, the late 1800s, early 1900s, this was something that was being made for railroad workers and loggers by the Chinese cooks that were hired to prepare the food because it was an easy, simple thing for them to pick up and eat. If you gave them, you know, egg foo young with the gravy over rice and all that, they might have looked at it and said, no, nah, I'm not eating this. But you give them a sandwich they can hold in one hand while they might still be working with the other. And that sandwich might do pretty well. And, and it seems to be that that was the case. So some folks think that it was called the St. Paul sandwich because it was actually originally called the Denver sandwich or maybe later became called the Denver sandwich. And that led to the Denver omelet, which is what we would traditionally call a Western omelet. And so that's where this sandwich comes from. So you've probably had this before as a Western sandwich. But you didn't think about it as such. And, and certainly Egg Foo Young is a little bit different than a Western omelet because it brings in some of the Chinese cooking spices. And it uses roasted pork instead of ham, which, you know, there's not that much difference. But the way that the Chinese cuisine prepares it. And there's probably bean sprouts in it and some other things that you wouldn't normally find in a Western omelet. But I, I made one yesterday. I went over to Stop and Shop. I got the bread, the onions. I, I skipped the tomatoes just because I thought it was going to make the sandwich soggy. Um, I got the pickles. I made sure I patted the pickles dry before I put them on the sandwich. And then uh, a little bit of mayonnaise. And I called Wame and I said, first I called Wame and said, do you guys do a St. Paul sandwich? I haven't seen it on the menu, but are you familiar with it? Will you make it? And the nice lady who answered the phone said, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I said, okay, I figured that would be the case. Can I get an order of Egg Foo Young without the gravy? And she said, sure. So I went down and picked that up, brought it back here, made the sandwich with all the uh, ingredients, tried it out, and it was really good. And um, I paid, 
I forget what I paid, 10 bucks for the order of of uh, Egg Foo Young, which came, by the way, it was three big, like, omelet patties. And they gave me some white rice with it. I used the white rice later because I made tikka, chicken tikka masala for dinner. But you can take that, those three patties, you can make three sandwiches. So this, this can be lunch for everybody. For basically probably about 15 bucks total to get all the ingredients. And most of the ingredients you probably already have kicking around your house. If you can find out more about it, you can see what it looks like. And it, it, it may not look like the most appetizing sandwich when you cut into it. But you can see it at WBSM.com and on the app. And I thought that it was very good. And I will definitely be using the other two patties to make sandwiches over the next couple of days. That'll be my lunch. But I recommend giving it a whirl. And if you want to give it a whirl, the easiest way to do that is to go to SeizeTheDeal.com, get your $25 gift certificate to Wame for just $12.50, and then that will give you, you know, take that twelve, take that $25. Get yourself a large egg for young with no gravy. Get yourself a chow mein sandwich. Get yourself a chop suey sandwich. Or get yourself a combo sandwich. Whatever it may be. With that 25 bucks, you could make three St. Paul sandwiches and, and, and have three chow mein, chop suey, or combo sandwiches. I mean, that's that's going to feed everybody for 25 bucks. And that's why we like those sandwiches. That's why we like the chow mein sandwich. Because it's good, it's delicious, it's filling, and it's cheap. That's why it was created. So give it a chance. I think you'll like it. Check out the story. See the photos. I have a little how-to pictorial in the story of how to make it. I know it sounds simple, but you never know. Some people are just not able to cook whatsoever. So they need to see all of these step-by-step instructions. So it's all there for you if you want to be able to do it and try it out for yourself. I recommend it. Now, Phil and I got into a little bit of a discussion uh, as we were crossing over, and we talked about what is in a Western omelet, what is in an Eastern omelet, both being diner people. We've, we've cooked more than our share of each of those throughout the course of our lives. I, I kind of changed things at the diner at Mill Pond when I worked there. I created uh, the, the Wareham menu. So instead of having a Western omelet and an Eastern omelet, we had the West Wareham omelet and the East Wareham omelet because I named the different omelets at the different parts of town. We had the Onset omelet, which was linguisa and cheese. We had the cremesa omelet, which was sausage and cheese. I don't think we had a Swift Beach omelet. We had the um, South Wareham omelet, which was a place that, you know, it's a distinction in town that was kind of a lost thing. It was only the older generation that talked about South Wareham. But we we had the uh, steak and cheese for the South Wareham. And we had the East Wareham was ham and cheese. And the West Wareham was ham, onion, and pepper. Some people say an Eastern should be ham and onion. Some people say it should just be ham and cheese. Some people say a Western is ham and onion. Some people say a Western has to have ham, onion, and pepper. Some people say, wait, ham, onion, and pepper, that's a Denver omelet. Some people say, no, 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 a Denver omelet is sausage, pepper, onion, and cheese. Then some people say a Denver omelet and a Western omelet are the same thing. 
You see how it can be confusing when you have to cook for people for a living? See why it was so stressful and why I couldn't wait to get out of it after 20-something years? That's why I came up with that Wareham omelet, so that we kind of dictated what was in what. You could still order an omelet with whatever you wanted. So you could say, I'll have a sausage, onion, and pepper omelet. We just didn't give it the name. And, of course, on that Wareham omelet, we have the Tyhonet omelet, which maybe I should write an article about that sometime to see how many people would give that a try. But that was, and I don't know if they still have it on the menu over there. I don't know. I haven't stepped foot in there since I, the last day I worked there in 2012. But that was cranberry sauce heated up in the microwave. I'd warm it up, and then I would pour it into an omelet with melted American cheese, fold up the omelet, and then put a little bit more cranberry sauce on the top. That was the Tyhonet omelet. I made it as a joke because Tyhonet is the cranberry growing area of town. I made it as a joke because I thought nobody would ever buy that, and it turned out to be one of our most popular items. If, if you remember VB from the Howie Car Show, he, he was also on the uh, Fox 25 Morning News he had his Diner Wednesday segment where he would go to different diners all over the all over New England. And when he came to Mill Pond, that was one of the first things he wanted to try was the Tyhonet omelet. And he loved it. And and I told him, I was like, it started like it was a joke. We didn't think anybody would ever order it. And it turned turned out to be a pretty popular thing. And that only made it more popular. So give that a try sometime if you want. If you're listening Lisa and the crew over at Just Another Phoenix, you can steal that. It's okay. I created it, so it doesn't matter if Millpond still has it on the menu. I made it up, so I gave you permission to run it as one of your specials if you want to try it. Just don't call it the Tyhonet Omelet. All right, I got to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. No, here, W. Except for the double entendre meaning of it. But, you know, dancing alone in your home in a clean way is uh, is a good way to keep your heart healthy. And a little bit later on in the program, we're going to be joined by Dr. Nosheen Javed of uh, South Coast Health to talk about ways that you can keep your heart healthy. Because February is Heart Health Month. And WBSM has teamed up with South Coast Health to help bring awareness to Heart Health Month. And all throughout the month, we're keeping you informed when it comes to heart disease. You can learn some heart-healthy tips. You can find out how to support heart research and find out how you can make a difference right now at WBSM.com. And on the app, just click up. If you go to the website, just click in the upper right-hand corner on Heart Health Month, and you'll see some of those articles. It's all brought to you by South Coast Health, more than medicine. And so uh, later on in the program at 1130, we will talk with Dr. Javed about some ways that you can keep your heart healthy. Very important topic, not just this month, but all year long, but we're going to keep a focus on it this month. And uh, sandwiches like the St. Paul, you know, eggs, a little bit of cholesterol, not so good for you, but it's okay to have now and then. Everything in moderation, right? And so uh, if you want to find out more about that, wbsm.com and on the app. 
By the way, there was some breaking news uh, that I saw pop up on the television behind me during the previous segments. Uh, Rhode Island U.S. Rep. David Cicilline is retiring. He is stepping down, resigning. He's giving up his position as a United States congressman to head up the Rhode Island Foundation. So uh, that's, I mean, I've, I've had the opportunity to meet Representative Cicilline a few times. And uh, I, I think that he's a, a great person. You know, I'm not a Rhode Island voter, but I can see why Rhode Island voters have continuously kept him in office. Uh, he is somebody who I think is a thoughtful person and somebody who has the best interests of Rhode Islanders at heart. Uh, I, the last time that I encountered him was, if you recall, last summer, beginning of last summer, I forget exactly when it was, there was the incident. Well, it must have been in the summer because we had that heat wave. And there was the incident with the restaurant in Tiverton that had posted a, an Anne Frank meme. And basically equating the fact that it was hot in their restaurant because their AC had gone out, equating that with... Anne Frank and Jewish people being placed in ovens at Auschwitz. And there was a lot of blowback on, on the restaurant. We talked about it at length here, but as part of the ongoing discussion in that community, they held an event at the library in which they brought a Holocaust survivor and the daughter of a Holocaust survivor together to speak about their experiences. And Representative Cicilline showed up for that and spoke at that. And, you know, I could tell that the fact that this was happening in his home community, where he's from, was, you know, it, it had taken an emotional toll on him. So, he, you know, he's probably earned a chance to, you know, not have to be a lawmaker now and, and, and make, a, make a positive change in a different way. And speaking of insensitive comments... We can probably get into the Tony Maserati situation uh, at some point in the next hour if you'd like to do that. 508-996-0500. If you haven't heard, he made some comments um, that were considered racist. I, I can tell you in my limited interactions with Tony Maserati in my years as a sports writer, I've found him to be a decent guy. He's a much better person in real life than the on-air persona he has. And so, you know, if he says that he didn't mean to do it, I, I honestly believe him. But it's it's worth having a conversation about if you want to discuss that. But right now, we're going to take my final break of the hour. We'll be right back. For the time being, I know it's, uh, it's supposed to be a little bit of wet weather in the morning time. It's supposed to clear up and be overcast in the afternoon. And then rain comes back this evening. But for right now, it looks like things have dried up a little bit out there. So if you got to get out and do some things, now is the time to do it. But make sure you come back because we've got the news coming up. And then after the news, more with you. Uh, we'll be talking with you at 508-996-0500. Or you can hit us up on App Chat. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.